Hey universe, it's been a while again, but I gotta tell you, this cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome you've concocted for the unfortunate among us to experience a gut punch reaction to THC ingestion, well, for once, universe, I can say, well, not for once, because you did invite the mosquito, but this now goes on the list with mosquitoes as the two things I think you fucked up on, universe, and I won't steal the avocado pit line from, oh God, but if we're throwing in that, yeah, the avocado pit is too big as well, but I'm not here to annoy like apparently you are, so I'm going to go pause till I can turn off Phoebe's air conditioning because I just got out of another 30 minute hot shower and now I'm freezing but Phoebe's sitting here in a 93 degree day I'm sure in a different level of discomfort herself so what do you know letting things down seems to be inherent in your structure universe thanks pause whereas making things better Oh, Phoebe, how's your ear? Well, that's what humans do, right? That's our thing. We're here to make things better. We're here to improve. We're here to create. We're here to design, to enact, to follow through, to stabilize, to drink out of the toilet. I mean, if that's the one water source available, obviously. But by choice, as Phoebe has found her preference, well, we're not here to judge Phoebe about her drinking habits. Thank you, Kitty Kitty, for teaching her. But letting things down, being let down, how is it that one's sense of expectation can be so crystallized as to even convey a condition in which to be let down. How can you know the future? And since you don't know the future, well then, can you be anything but surprised? Maybe the expectations of what you thought should go down didn't, but to be let down, disappointed, or in some way otherwise emotionally affected by circumstances you didn't control seems, well, at best, illogical. And at worst, full-blown insane. And yet, <laughs> I am let down by the Failure to properly identify what I now am convinced is a correct diagnosis as to my physical condition. Having dropped 12 to 15 pounds, um, not having an appetite for much. It's weird, like, I know I'm hungry because my stomach grumbles all the time. But if I eat, it either becomes insanely uncomfortable or I throw up. And um, 
I have cut way back on THC use, though I have not stopped entirely. I really didn't think I would stop entirely until a couple of weeks had gone by because so much of it do I use. So I'm fine with the level I've cut down, but I understand zero is the goal that we have here. So um, having not used today at all, um, and having only eaten yogurt, and hang on, I had something else. What did I have? Yogurt and, oh, <laughs> yeah, some crunch berry cereal, because I just needed something crunchy, and those were small enough I thought I could eat them and pulverize them and do my stomach little damage. But a third of a bag through, I don't know yet, and I'm out of jello, I have to make jello because that's one of the things I've been able to eat pretty much without any discomfort whatsoever. Jello, yogurt, and plain rice. That's the list. That's it. So far. And I can drink water, although I have to say, I have some uh, like sugar apple soda in the fridge that I've had in there forever. And uh, I drank it, and it... The, there's something about the combination of bubbles. It's almost like a, like a nitrous poured uh, Guinness ale. There is a, there's a soothing sense to it. In fact, I am going to the store looking for a 12 pack of it because uh, it makes you burp. And, and I have two other sodas in there that I tried that just make you feel bloated. And the apple one doesn't. So it's a magic little potion if you have this condition. And water, sips of water. I've been drinking water pretty much nonstop. And I weigh myself every day now to see how much weight I'm losing. Because it's the um, disappearance of my appetite. As I haven't really been able to eat much. Even when I can't eat, I eat small bits. Like I eat a quarter cup of cooked rice, and then I wait 15 minutes, then I eat another quarter cup, and, uh, and I woke up this morning thinking I had to, to, uh, have a bowel movement, but I was disappointed in only being able to, um, (laughs) to simulate that. I mean, at some point it feels like if I, if I haven't had enough food go into my system to maintain a you know, proper weight, then obviously, uh, I will say, I can remember, it's funny how, it's funny how physical condition, physical um, presence, wherewithal, um, composition of your makeup in a bodily complete uh, assessment. Like, for instance, the last two very vivid memories have been coming back to me as I've been experiencing what I what I'm going through, and I will I will say it's cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, though this is not medically um, diagnosed. Nothing, and I have looked for any other any other combination of symptoms and relief that is even close to this, other than acute vomiting, 
persistent syndrome or persistent vomiting, persistent acute vomiting syndrome. If I were dry heaving like I was last Saturday every day, I might throw that into the mix as a potential candidate. But I can control how much nausea I experience by how much food I put in my system and by what food I put in my system. And I don't think that would be true if I were undergoing the other. Um, and this is barely. Like, I am at least five, six days into eating the plainest diet I've eaten ever. And I can barely hold it down. And nothing is coming out. Hopefully either end. But way more is coming out my mouth than has come out the other end for a week and a half now. And, uh, and yet now I'm not really uncomfortable. I'm just hungry and can't really eat. So I continue to eat more. But if I, I went uh, the route of adding a can of plain pinto beans to my rice, um, mixed it all together, heated it up, and thought this would be, you know, hell, rice and beans. That could be a meal for a month. I'd be okay with it, especially if I could continually add maybe some seasonings. But plain beans... Plain rice, couldn't keep it down. So, something in the spice and the in the beans, I guess. I don't even know, because it was the, you know, what I what I have on my list to get while I'm at the store is spinach, because I think plain or even cooked spinach might be tolerable, and it has some some necessary vitamins and some antioxidants that look pretty good. Um, almonds which I don't have a lot of hope for, but if I can keep down berry cap and crunch, I can keep down almonds, hopefully. And uh, potatoes, uh, plain potatoes. So that's what the doubling of my dietary plate palette looks like. Um, and some more of that special apple soda that makes you burp. Because the only thing that got me through the episode after the rice and beans was the soda that allowed me to belch up uh, a lot of the discomfort that I don't know even where it gets harbored, but once once you your once your gut starts to hurt, you're in for it. Like it's it's either gonna and and vomiting doesn't help, which is the worst of it. Which makes me think so the condition pain has moved beyond your stomach, because whatever you clear only leaves you um, less mm, bloated maybe. Less pressure is more the, the term. Like there's just, but there's, the, the pain doesn't go away. And the, the I, I'm trying to see if there's a motion. Like, is it painful because you're moving across like, you know, some some track of, of infection in your guts? Like, does, is that the hurt? I don't know what the hurt is. But the hurt moves from feeling like you have way too much food in your intestines Literally, like it's too heavy. You can even, you can feel your center of gravity almost has shifted. There's too much weight in your abdomen to, uh, the worst of it is when it feels like somebody has just hit you with, uh, something sharp. Like you don't feel like you've, you've broken your skin, but somebody has hit you with something, uh, pointed or whatever. And it is just in one spot, a very very sharp pain and you can double over you can lean back you can twist and twirl twirl you can contort in whatever position your body will get into i haven't found relief for that pain yet there is slight relief from the 
feeling of <laughs> bloated if you just lean all the way back, especially if you put your feet on the floor and lean back more than if you lie flat down. Um, I don't know why. Um, and if you could, I would think if you could even lean further back, like if you had one of those uh, anti-gravity chairs or something where you could have yourself flat and leaning backward even more. In other words, sort of reverse uh, bend back. Uh, that might even feel better. But this is slight uh, relief compared to any other position, which makes you just feel like you ate a bowling ball or just whatever. Pick your analogy. And, uh, and the only true relief from any of it is a hot shower or a hot bath works too. And it's funny because a hot bath feels almost better if you're folded over. I, I don't know. I, I cannot figure out how to relieve positionally or, or other than heat, um, the, the occasional and at times, uh, frequent, um, abdominal pain. And when it, when it's at its worst, it is, um, well, it makes me a crybaby. And, uh, and it's, it's funny. I always wonder like, you know, what, what level of pain can I endure compared to you? And, uh, well, I don't always wonder this, but it has never, ever been anything but a mystery in my life. So no progress made here. Um, and probably only had this conversation with one or two girlfriends while truly high in my life. Um, but the idea that we all have separate experiences of both emotional experience and physical experience has always been rather evident to me because things that I think uh, that can't hurt, other people are debilitated by, and things that I would think um, I should be able to tough through Sometimes I find myself whimpering like a, uh, well, anything but a warrior. And, uh, and I'll tell you this abdominal pain, Whew. boy, it makes that whole, I don't want to do anything today. My cramps are killing me argument look way, way more valid, uh, than I had ever known. And I feel like a dick about that, you know? Not that I was ever forcing in tow menstrually cramping girlfriends. Uh, no. I mean, you just have no way to truly appreciate the journey someone else is on, both mental and physical and emotional, because I think thoughts and emotions are valid enough, distinguished enough in your head to separate in your conceptualization but if if we're if we're not able to just believe everyone else is doing their best then we really are corroding inside because we feel slighted somehow by this idea that someone else could do better or they're not pulling their weight. They're not throwing 110% like I do. And I know this little edginess crept into more of me than I would ever like to admit. 
because I do feel like um, people who are okay with not doing their share of the work, they make me irritated. And there's absolutely no reason for that. And there's no reason for me to ever assume that somebody who isn't pulling their share of the work isn't doing it for all the reasons necessary up until that moment in their life for that to be the right decision. Just like the guy who constantly over-involves at work, over-delivers at work, over... uh, improves, whatever. The guy who consistently is always trying to be the best worker, he's fucking annoying. I mean, hands down. And I'm not saying that I am that guy, but I certainly come off that way. And until I've had the conversation with you that I don't fucking care if you are sleeping in the bathtub and getting away with it. In fact, I'm behind your back incredibly impressed. But I just can't be that dude. This is the dude I got to be. But I only got to be this dude so I can be myself. Nobody in the store should be me. And that especially means you. And once I've had that conversation with everybody that I give a shit about, well, then nobody tries to outwork me or gives a shit that I blow off blankety-blank breaks to finish doing some inventory chore that everybody else finds fucking awful. But if I'm close to finishing something and I can see it's three hours from getting done and I have two and a half more hours on the clock, you know who's going to kick in the extra half hour, even unpaid? Me. And that is how annoying I am. Because nobody deserves to feel like they have to measure themselves up against that. Right? Not for fucking minimum wage at a Home Depot or a Lowe's or a Menards or even a Ace Hardware. Okay, maybe Ace Hardware. But that letting my coworkers down is one that I live with. And acknowledge is a silly circumstance because there's no um, there's 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 no win in that situation and and I think it took me a long time to be okay with situations that you couldn't somehow maneuver at worst a personal win if not a little bit of a fanfare fireworks bonanza at the end celebration for everybody. Now, I am clear on how rare those opportunities actually turn out to be. But I still strive for them. I still think, hey, I know it looks like being down 17-2 to two in the bottom of the eighth inning with one more inning to go is a dire circumstance, but, 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 
What if we fucking win the game, though? We'll be legends. Right? And thanks, Hollywood, for making me think that at 17 to 2, instead of packing your bags, turning around, preparing your posture for whatever whipping this drudgery is going to provide. Well, no, man, I say we still got a fucking chance. Doesn't matter what's happened before, right? I don't think whatever got us into a position of being down 17 to 2 is the plan rolled out as we saw it at its best. But shit happens, man, right? So, when I think of being a letdown or having been let down or the idea that if this goes this way, that's going to let some people down. Or if I don't come through here, I don't know, that's not going to make some people feel less okay in the world. Well, I'm not pretending that we need to abandon our concepts of loyalty and follow through and being true to our word and having a dependable sensibility of what we say we will do and carrying through. But the reaction of being disappointed, feeling less than impressed, thinking that's not all that inspiring, or whatever else you bring to the table that is you in your gaze of, uh, you have influenced me in a way unexpectedly, disappointingly down from where I thought I would be. Well, as the observer, as the judger, as the one who must have their disappointment realized well did you create the whole situation in the first place maybe the whole goddamn production until now has been to make you realize disappointment you bonehead so with all that going for you how is everything not just a mental snapshot of time in which circumstance is what it is? The only thing I control is my reaction and actions to the stimuli and exchange of physical experience this universe offers me. But I have that option every second of every minute of every day that I'm alive doing this human 8675309 version consciousness experience. And as I start mastering my own 
expectation and outcome from within. It is the sort of emergence that has me feeling life in an, an extraordinarily new vein. And am I delirious from dehydration and all sorts of other weakening of spirit and soul? Well, no. Physically, yeah. In fact, the biggest downside to all of this is the physical weakness that I experience. In trying to ride my bicycle yesterday a normal distance, well, normal distance for me is a couple of miles, I found myself barely able to contain the exhaustion as I got to my destination because that's how much it took out of me to ride halfway what I ride every day. And I could feel it in reaching up to get a bowl down off the fridge. I mean, I'm weak. I am physically weak. And that is not a good feeling. In fact, the only other time I felt this week, and again, as physical condition brings memory back, it is fascinating, was during my episode of Mono in high school, where, as I started to have some level of return of energy, I went out to the living room to do some sit-ups, and after a set of 10 that felt pretty good, found myself in the, exactly the same position four and a half hours later when my family returned from wherever they had been, and I was sound asleep on the floor at that point, fully cramped up in my legs from leaving them tucked under the couch like I did. Well, that's what it felt like to get to the store yesterday, thinking I would feel refreshed and invigorated. No, I could barely move. In fact, getting home was so challenging, I almost thought I'll leave my bike and just walk and come back and get it. So that part I didn't expect, but obviously if you can't do anything but put enough nutrition in your system to record an audio podcast like this, well, sooner or later that does take its toll. 15 pounds which frankly does not sound bad to anyone necessarily at any point in time, except those who are already conditioned well enough to think, what are you nuts? Come on. Well, the rest of us, marshmallows and uh, Fig Newton bars and whatever else are out there, well, 15 pounds of tightening up seems just about right. But no, when you lose it off your arms and legs, where basically you had what little muscle development you were already gaining, no, you look like you just spent the week uh, puking up your guts. So that's not fun. But um, I will try to, uh, now that I've got some balance back in my energy, and I'm not taking hot showers the entire time I'm awake, although I do feel like another hot shower right now. How stupid is that? But Phoebe's now, I'm sure, warm enough that the air conditioner should come back on. Good bubba. Um, and I didn't even really know what I was going to talk about, obviously, since I got this far. But I did mean to be more specific about why this 
condition um, has zeroed in on the diagnosis for me the worst possible diagnosis um well one karma yeah duh um two hmm does there need to be a two after that but quitting weed quitting weed it seems like and of course I have pursued all of the well, if you want to live with cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, here are some tips. And basically, it's like, A, deal with it. B, deal with it. When it happens, C, really deal with it. And then D, think about quitting weed, but realize that you don't have it in you. So, can I fall into group E, all of the above? Hmm. Well, let's hope not. But let's be painfully clear that since most people have not come to an agreement in their life that they will always be okay with their cannabis habit, whatever form it takes because of the balance and stability it offers the rest of their life. Well, if you are in that group with me, the idea of giving this up entirely well, physically, you don't give a shit. But mentally? Ugh. Oh, boy. Mentally. How do I retain sanity in this world without the window dressing that is offered through THC in my system? How am I going to put up with this place? Stone Cold Sober. And then I think to myself, well, I mean, isn't this the ultimate drug? Planet Earth? And then I think, hmm, I haven't even smoked today. That's a pretty stony thought. Um, but beyond the sort of distraction that that little journey took me on, can I possibly live a life free of marijuana and thus all other real drugs since caffeine's no longer in my life? Well, it is a new me. All that old habit stuff doesn't even feel connected. So maybe the best version of me is weed-free. The universe seems to want me to figure that out. And if the universe believes in it, well... I guess I do too.